Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Hey everybody, my name is Madison and I am so excited to get to be here with you tonight. Three fun facts about me. Fact number one, my favorite color is dark green. Fact number two, I um, have never been to Europe. Actually, I have, but not all of it. And fact number three, I meant to say, I know, I meant to say Africa. Sorry, guys. You get it. Fact number three, this one's actually a doozy, so get ready for it. Fact number three, Emily, who hangs out up here, that's my sister. I know, crazy. Anyways, guys, I'm so excited to be here with you tonight. Can we welcome the fourth graders? Fourth graders, we are so glad that you're here. Welcome. Welcome. We are so glad that you're here. To start off tonight, I have a question for you. And here's my question. Have you ever forgotten something really, really important? Like maybe what someone's name was or that it was their birthday or something like that? Raise your hand. Have you ever forgotten something important before? Yeah, a lot of us. My hand would be up. And if your hand's not up, you might be forgetting how much you forget stuff right now because we forget things. It's something that happens to every single one of us. And we are more prone to forget if there's a lot of stuff going on or if it's like a stressful situation and things are distracting us. One example of this, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the show So You Want to Be a Millionaire. Have you heard of that? Anybody? That's okay because I'm going to explain what it is. It's this show where when you come up onto the show, they're going to ask you a series of trivia questions. And if you get enough right, you get a ton of money, which is why it's called So You Want to Be a Millionaire. You get a bunch of money if you get the answers right. So it's like a big deal. And it's a lot of pressure to try and remember things because it's trivia questions. And so sometimes in the moment when people are trying to remember, they totally forget and answer questions that they would know, like earlier when I said Europe, but I meant Africa, and answer questions that they would normally totally know wrong because they forget something important in the moment. So I want to show you a couple of examples of this because it's really funny. I don't know if you guys can see that super well, but here's what it says. It says, when attacked by predators, which of these animals will um, extract a large thing of ink? Is it A, a cheetah, B, a squid, C, an owl, or D, Paris Hilton? Anybody know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a squid. Obviously, it's a squid. But in the moment, this person forgot, and they said owl. I know. Isn't that crazy? When you're under pressure, you can forget stuff. Here's the second one. Let's put this one up. Okay. And many more is a phrase that's oftentimes at the end of which song? Old MacDonald, Jolly Good Fellow, Happy Birthday, or Home on the Range? Yeah, yeah, it's happy birthday. But in the moment, this person who's probably sung that song like, what, 30 times in their life, accidentally said jolly good fellow. They'd be like, he's a jolly good fellow and many more. It'd be pretty hilarious. Yeah, they totally forgot something that they probably sung a ton of times in their life because there was a lot of stuff going on and they forgot. Forgetting things is something that we can all do, and it is important to remember. We set up things in our lives to make sure that we remember, like having calendars that tell you when certain things are due or when you're gonna go hang out with someone. Maybe you set an alarm so that you remember, hey, I gotta get up early for school. Or, you know, you might frame a picture of a really important moment in your life so that you never forget it. We set up ways to remember things, and there's different kinds of remembering, so I wanna tell you two kinds of remembering. Everybody hold up a number two. 
Hold up number two, yeah, two kinds. There's the kind of remembering where it's like, yeah, yesterday I ate a sandwich. And that's kind of just like a fact. It doesn't really change much for you. But there's another kind of remembering that changes absolutely everything. It changes the way that you live your life. For example, I remember that my parents are Dan and Donna Mitchell. And because I am their daughter, that changes the way that I live. I live as their daughter. I don't call a ton of other people like my parents because I know that they're my parents. And when I grew up in their house, I respected their rules and I looked to them for guidance on things because I remembered that what is true about me is that I was their daughter. Another one is that I remember that I am married. I married my husband a year and a half ago, so I wear this ring right here. And I don't just look at it and go like, yeah, that was cool back then when we got married. No, it's a reminder every day that I am actively living as someone who is married to Alex. That's my husband. So I live actively in this act of remembering that that's true about me. It's not just like a, oh yeah, that was cool that one time. No, it's an active remembrance, an active thing we do. So what I want you to know tonight is there is an active remembrance that we do too that is more important than any other thing that we remember. There's a lot of stuff to remember. I don't know if you guys can feel that, but there's sometimes a lot of stuff to remember, but there is one thing that is the most important thing. It will always be the most important thing for you to remember, and it's an active remembrance. So to explain all of that, I need to tell you a story. Do you guys like stories? I do too, I love them. So I'm gonna tell you a story, and it's a big story. So I'm gonna start at the beginning of time. The beginning of it all. In the beginning, ooh, that was cool. In the beginning, God was there. God, he is all the way good. There is no darkness in him. There is no evil in him. He is good. He's so incredibly good. And out of the abundance, the abounding goodness of our God, he created. He created a so good world. And he created people. He created man and woman to get to enjoy his goodness and all the abundance of goodness that he created with him to be in such good relationship. If you're not uh, getting it, it was really good. I think I said that word like 20 times. It was. It was really good because our good God made us good and we were in perfect relationship with him in paradise, in this beautiful world. And our God said to us, I want you to enjoy all of this goodness, all of my goodness. But there's one thing that I don't want you to do. I don't want you to eat from this one tree. And guess what? He told them why. He said, because it's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to separation from me and from all of this goodness that I'm asking you to get to be a part of with me. It's going to lead to separation from that. And he gave them, in this moment, he was giving them a choice. He was saying, choose me, choose all this goodness, choose my love and my good will for you. Choose me, please. Don't choose to be separate from all this, from all this goodness. But in a moment of just terrible forgetfulness, forgetting the goodness of who our God is, we chose to eat from that tree. We chose to be in relationship with sin. And our God said, please don't do that because it will lead to separation. It will lead to death. Because remember, I said, our God is all the way good. There is no darkness in him. He is all the way only good, only light, only goodness. He wouldn't try and trick us. But for a moment, we thought, "Mm, 
but does he really know? Like, is it really going to lead to death? Like, it's probably, it's probably not going to be that bad, right? Maybe he was mistaken. Like, maybe he didn't know. Like, maybe he doesn't 100% know. So we did it. We became in relationship with sin and with darkness. Our all-the-way good God cannot be in relationship with, can't be in close personal relationship with darkness. He's all the way, 100%, all the way good. And when we decided to be in relationship with darkness, we had to be separated. And remember, God said, when you choose this, when you choose sin, you are choosing death. Because the corruptness, the sin, the evil that we decided to be in relationship with can't be allowed to go on forever and ever and ever and get worse and worse and worse. Remember, God's all the way good. He knows all the way what is best. He's only good. There's no darkness in him. He doesn't lie. He doesn't try and trick us. He's just only good. So we had to be separated from all of the goodness that he had intended us to get to participate with him in forever. So as you can see, there's this light of God that we stepped into the darkness apart from him. And it's like there was this giant wall right here that we couldn't get back no matter how hard we tried. Because here's the thing about sin. It's not like, okay, well, I did this bad thing, but like, if I'm good enough, like, it's fine, right? Like, I did a bad thing, but it's like, I can be good enough to make up for it, right? And like, get back over there. Here's the thing about sin. It completely corrupts us and creates in us a desire to continue doing those wrong things, to continue in sin. It'd be like if I had a bowl of brownie batter out here with me. Do you guys like brownies? Yeah, me too. Chocolate's my favorite. It'd be like if I had a bowl of brownies out here with me, and I dumped a bunch of mud into it, and I mixed it on up. Yeah, I know. I can get that back out, yeah? So, like, if I pour a ton of sugar in there, do you think that, like, you'd eat it then? If I put more sugar in, you'd probably be fine to eat it, right? No, because it's still corrupt with mud. Sin completely and totally corrupted us, so we couldn't be in the perfect good presence that our God had wanted us to be with him. But let me tell you something. From the moment that we decided to step into sin and darkness, and we had to be separated, and we were destined for death, because God said sin leads to death, and he doesn't lie. From that very moment, God began to create a plan to bring us back to him and to the goodness that he intended for us. The Old Testament talks about a people called the Israelites. Have you guys ever heard of the Israelites? Sweet. So the Israelites were God's covenant people. He told them to be his people and he would be their God, to obey him only, to worship him only, and no other God, and he would bless them abundantly, and that he would bless all the nations through the people of Israel. And God kept his promise to the people of Israel. He never went back on it. He never abandoned them. He was always faithful to the people of Israel. But the problem was, again, the people of Israel kept forgetting the goodness of God and kept turning away and kept continuing to sin over and over and over again. And if you were here last week, Beth talked a little bit about the temple. This was this place where God came among his people. Even though it wasn't um, the perfect closeness of the garden, he came where they could just be close to him again in the temple. But when they came, because remember, sin leads to death, God cannot allow for it not to. There has to be something. There has to be a separation. So in order to come into the presence of God, they had to bring some kind of sacrifice. And they would bring 
all these sacrifices. There was this um, meal called the Passover meal. It was a week-long celebration that the Israelites had. The people of God had this celebration. And it was a reminder that God is faithful. That God keeps his promises. And here's why. Oh, yeah, they put up the picture of the sheep. I noticed you guys talking about something. I'll explain that in just a second. Hold on. So here's the deal. They had to bring the sacrifice to the temple. And the people of Israel had this Passover feast, which was a week to remember that God is faithful. Because all, there was a point when um, the people of Israel were in Egypt and they were enslaved. And God said to them that he was going to lead them out of slavery. And he told them to take the blood of a perfect lamb and put it over the door frame. And if when God came into Egypt, he wouldn't bring death into the places that had the blood of the lamb over them. In fact, he was going to bring life and he was going to deliver them into freedom. But here's the deal. Like I said, the people of Israel kept forgetting and kept going back into sin, kept forgetting and going back into sin. But this Passover week was a time to remember that God is faithful. He kept up his end of the deal to the people of Israel, and he loved them unconditionally and kept chasing after them despite their sin. And he told them time and time again through the prophets, I am going to make a way for you to come back to me. And so the Israelites knew that part of that was that they had to bring the sacrifice. So there's all these sheep up here. In the week of the Passover, every Israelite would come to Jerusalem. That's a lot of people come to one place. They would come to Jerusalem, and they would bring a perfect, spotless lamb, the best one that they had. Um, my sister told me about this. I guess people say, like, goat, like, greatest of all time. It was like the goat sheep, if that makes sense. It was like the best sheep that they had. And they would bring it with them to the temple, and they would go up to the temple, and they would put it on the ground, and they would press their hand on it. Some people even think that maybe they, like, sat on it, but they, like, pressed their weight onto it. And then the sheep would take on, metaphorically, the weight of their sin. And really, like, the sheep would take on the weight of their sin, and then the sheep would be sacrificed because of their sin. Because, remember, sin leads to death, so something had to happen. There is punishment because we chose to associate with sin and darkness and evil. So the sheep would take on the weight of sin. And here's something crazy, guys. It was like a lot of sheep. There was this um, historian who recorded stuff about what happened in ancient Israel a long time ago. And he recorded that there was one Passover that in the one week, guys, there were over 200,000 sheep that were brought one time. And this happened for like thousands of years that these sheep were used to take on the sin, the heavy weight of sin, heavy, heavy, heavy weight of sin, and be sacrificed so that the people could just come close to the goodness of God again, that they could come close in his temple and worship him again. So these sacrifices kept coming over and over and over, but God kept telling the people of Israel through his prophets that he was going to make another way. He was going to make a new covenant that would be better And it would be a sacrifice that would be one time to cover all of the weight, the huge weight of sin. Think about all the times that they pressed into those lambs, the heavy, heavy weight of thousands of years, hundreds and thousands of lambs that were sacrificed. God kept telling his people, there's going to be one sacrifice that's going to take care of all of that once and for all. And then Jesus came into the world. God came into our darkness, into our sin and brokenness and hurt and disobedience, being fully man, but living still in the light. 
and bringing light into darkness where there was no hope. And Jesus came and he lived a life that was completely perfect, completely without sin. Remember, the people of Israel kept forgiving and sinning and forgetting and sinning again and again and again. But God came among them and he lived a perfect life perfectly sinless. He was absolutely and totally and completely good and absolutely and totally completely innocent of the weight of sin that all of us were under. And at a dinner, he sits with his disciples. He'd been on earth for a really long time at that point, and he sits with his disciples, and I want to read you a passage right now from Luke 22. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you, for I tell you I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus is saying, hey, you know how you've been having to sacrifice over and over and over and over and over. And God keeps saying, there's going to be some, I'm going to bring you back to me. I'm about to fulfill that. My blood is going to be the blood that washes over your sin. I'm going to be broken as the sacrifice for your sin. God, absolutely perfect, absolutely good, completely faultless, completely without sin, said, I'm going to take it on me. The death that we were absolutely deserving of, God says, let me take that on me so that you can live a life that you never, ever deserved and complete freedom of the power of sin because sin is powerful, sin is heavy. And Jesus took all of that upon him. And guys, when this um, feast was taking place, when when Jesus was eating the Passover, remember the Passover where they're looking back and remembering that God has been faithful, that he led them out of Egypt and that he's gonna be faithful again. Jesus is saying, yeah, I am. Jesus is saying, I am gonna be faithful again. God is faithful and he's going to lead you out of slavery again, but this time it's slavery to sin, slavery to death. And you're gonna be absolutely, completely, and totally, and all the way free once and for all. Let me read you another passage. This one is from Hebrews. But when the Messiah arrived, high priest of the superior things of this new covenant, he bypassed the old tent and its trapping in this created world, and he went straight into heaven's tent, the true holy place, once and for all. He also bypassed the sacrifices consisting of goat and calf blood as the price to set us free once and for all. If that animal blood and the other rituals of purification were effective in cleaning up certain matters of our religion and our behavior, think how much more the blood of Christ cleans up our whole lives, inside and out. Through the Spirit, Christ offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice, freeing us from all those dead-end efforts to make ourselves respectable so that we can live all out for God. Jesus came, lived the perfect, sinless life that we never could, and he died. 
And three days later, which we're about to celebrate this weekend, he rose again in glory, overcoming the power that sin had on our lives, overcoming the power of death. Jesus is victorious, and because he died that death, because he took on the weight of all of our sin, we are free. Guys, we're free. I want you to hear that tonight. Because of what Jesus did, we are free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you notice this? Did you notice that the light that Jesus brought into the world is now alive in us? The power that raised Jesus from the dead is now alive in us. We are free to live in the goodness of our God here on earth and to bring that truth of the freedom that is found in Jesus to everyone and to be light as Jesus was light. And here's a really cool part. So communion, this meal that Jesus set up, it's kind of a reminder looking backwards at the Passover, looking backwards at what Jesus did on the cross, but also looking forward. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because his blood covers completely and totally over our sin all the way, there's going to come a day when Jesus returns and we get to be back in all the goodness of God again. Darkness will be completely done away with one, all the way and we will be back in paradise getting to participate in all of the goodness of our God again just like we were created to do because our God is so good. The cross is the greatest act of love, the greatest act of grace that this world has ever seen, that the almighty God would come and give his life for sinful, broken people who kept turning him down over and over and over again and kept going to sin over and over and over again. And in communion, yeah, in communion, we celebrate. We celebrate that because of what Jesus did, we are absolutely all the way, 100% free, and we are the people of God. He is our God, and we are his people, and he is coming back again. And we will get to enter into his freedom forever and ever and ever and into his goodness. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to take communion together. We're going to take that meal. And as we take it, we're going to do something that's just a little bit different. So adult leaders, right now what you can do is you, if you are going to be passing out sticky notes, you can do that. But students, I want you to stay locked in with me because what I'm about to say is really important and I need you to hear it. There are two groups in this room tonight. I'm going to talk to the first group first. There are some of you in this room who haven't stepped into the freedom that Jesus offers them yet. You haven't stepped into that freedom. Maybe you haven't been baptized yet. Maybe you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus with all that you are, to follow him all out and be washed in his blood. And that's okay. As we take communion tonight, if you haven't stepped into that freedom yet, here's what I want you to do. You're going to get this card, and I want you to leave it blank for right now. If you haven't decided to step into the freedom of Jesus, if you haven't been baptized yet, and you're still, you're still making that decision, you're still figuring it out, then what I want you to do is I want you to keep that sticky note blank. I want you to keep it blank for right now, and I want you to hold it during this time. And I just want you to pray about what it might look like to step into the freedom of Jesus. Step into the new life that is offered us by the power of what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection. Pray about what that might look like. Also, if that's you and you haven't made this decision yet, I can guarantee you that your adult leaders would love to talk to you about what that would look like. I can guarantee you. So if you want to find an adult leader and talk to them about it in this moment, 
feel free to do that. That's the first group. The second group is I want to talk to those of us who have decided that they want to follow Jesus with all of that they are. The people that have stepped into the freedom that Jesus offers. Right now, what I want you to do is to take your card, and here in just a second, you're going to write on it. And I want you to write and celebrate the things that you are free of because of what Jesus did on the cross. I want you to write, spend time writing out, I am free from, in the name of Jesus. And we're going to celebrate together that we are free. We don't have to live under the weight of sin anymore. We don't have to continue in sin anymore. We can live in the new life that is offered us because of the powerful death and resurrection of Jesus and his spirit living within us. So if you have decided to step into his freedom, you're going to take your sticky note and you're going to write, I am free from fill in the blank in the name of Jesus. And we're going to celebrate our freedom together. And when you've had time to write that out and to celebrate your freedom, if you have substance that freedom, then you're going to take your card back to the tables in the four corners back here. And you're going to give your card, if you've written on it, to an adult leader. And then they're going to serve you communion. And we are going to take this meal together and celebrate. We are going to absolutely celebrate together tonight. That because of what Jesus did, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to death. We have new life in Jesus, and we get to live in all the fullness of God again. He is coming again, and we will get to be with him as we were meant to be. And until that time, we are the light in the darkness to get to, sh- to share the truth that we are free. So I'm going to pray, and after I do, would you just take some time to either pray over what it might look like to step into the freedom of Jesus or to celebrate that we are free in the name of Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, you are so good. Thank you so much for the way that you sought after us, even in our rebellion, even in our disobedience. You sought after us time and time again, and you made a way where there was absolutely no way for us to be free of sin, free of the power of death. You made a way by giving your own life and and dying and rising again in three days. And because of what Jesus did, we are absolutely, totally all the way free. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. I pray that we would live in that freedom, that we would not go back to being enslaved to sin any longer, but we would live in the freedom that Jesus offered us by giving his life. We love you, and we are going to celebrate tonight and remember that you are faithful, that you will be faithful again, and that we are yours. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.